Welcome to Reading and Ranting, where we read obsessively and rant about life in our 20s. I'm Carly. And I'm Mia. And today we're going to be talking about character development and how personally we are currently only doing things for the plot. For our reading section, we're going to jump into some of the most influential book characters in our lives and rant about figuring out what your story is. When an author sets out to write a book, they look at their characters and usually, not always, but usually, they kind of know where the story's going. They have a light at the end of the tunnel moment. And especially as a reader, it's really easy to immerse yourself in that story for control. And especially in your life, if you have no idea where it's going, it's really easy to like grasp onto a story and just ignore the real world. And in Mia Mia's life, we've both connected with characters on their journeys, but we realize in the end we need to bring it back to ourselves and ourselves and know where our own lives are going. Yeah, it's way easier to live vicariously through the characters and connect with them on their journey because you know that they're going to have, most of the time, a happy ending. I actually really only enjoy books that have happy endings, so (laughs) it helps me feel better about my life. I mean, why do we think the books that we read growing up say, this is is the end, or what am I thinking of? (laughs) What do the the books say? What, the the end? The happily ever after. Dude, the way that that didn't come to me immediately. I clearly haven't read a children's book in a while. Once upon a time and happily ever after. Exactly. It's like every little girl and boy wants a happily ever after. But then you grow up and you realize life is hard. And we don't have like an author. We don't have a higher power. I mean, if you believe in that, I guess. But we don't have a higher power or like someone controlling our little strings to basically do what like we have to make our own decisions we don't know what's happening yeah so that's why as important and impactful reading a good story and connecting with a character is sometimes Carly and I have told ourselves that we need to take a step back and and bring ourselves back to our own lives because we do have lives outside of our obsession with books and characters and it's important to remember that we do need to figure out our own story for ourselves. Yeah, exactly. I, I talked to my therapist the other day and she was like, love that you love to read. Great hobby. That's going to stay with you forever. But let's socialize a little bit more. So. Mind you, Carly and I see each other probably four times a week. Yeah. No, <laughs> I'm like, girl, I socialize. But also she's like, what do you do during the week? And I'm like, well, after work, I read. That's it. So. Yeah. yeah. She's like, let's like get you go to like a dinner. But yeah. Anyways, <laughs> homegirl is like, let's get your like story going because like the characters will be there. Like, let's how about you live a little? Yeah, exactly. So yeah. But, we're, we're trying to live for ourselves, but it's also hard because mm-hmm. we are in that period of our character development. This shit is just hard and it's confusing and you don't know where you're going to end up, which makes it all the more Mm -hmm. harder and that's why it's really nice to read a story or watch a character's development especially if you can relate to it because you just feel like you're not alone but I will say in all these books that Mia and I love it's these young like girls saving the world and they're all like 16 to 20 it's like romanticizing youth and I just feel like even now I'm 24 years old and I feel like I'm old because I'm not 16 and saving the world yeah, and it, it makes you feel like we, we're not important. Like, yeah. the things that we're going through now aren't important because 
we're not 19 and crossing a magical wall to go save the man that we're in love with and then fall in, in the love world. with another man and then save the whole world and exactly. break a curse and whatever. But it also makes you feel old, even though objectively we are so young. Yes, yes. But being young, we need people to relate to. And first person that I ever related to when I was young, probably like middle school age, is when I first started reading Harry Potter. And Hermione was like my first female relatable character. I also kind of related to Annabeth from Percy Jackson, but... I feel like Harry Potter came first for me and especially she was the girl with her nose in a book. She was like the smart, annoying girl and a suck up, but she was constantly outshined by her best friends, Harry and Ron, for their bravery when she was equally as brave, but didn't get recognized for it really resonated with me. And I just loved having like a girl portrayed as, you know, she was a hero, but she also was a nerd. And that really like spoke to me, especially at that age. Oh, I mean that hit me so hard when I was younger because I was totally that bookworm like in the library reading at recess like I Mm -hmm. didn't have friends I was made fun of as a teacher's pet like for being nerdy and liking books and liking nerdy things um but in Hermione like I saw myself I dressed up as Hermione Granger four Halloweens in a row when I was younger wow it's funny because I did slutty Hermione but not when I was younger (laughs) so yeah a little different um now my future goal is I want to be Hermione for Halloween and I want a boyfriend to dress up as Draco Malfoy but we'll see if that day comes yeah I feel like Hermione too she because you know Harry Potter they're growing up so we see her in like every stage of her life so I think by the end of the book she was older than I was at the time but I looked at her life and it was something that I aspired to. Like she grew into herself. She became more confident when she went to the U of ball with Victor Crumb, like girls, she slayed like all these guys suddenly were like, damn, she's hot. Like not only does she have brains and can do our homework. Like she also is like a girl and she's cute. And in middle school, like I also had bushy hair. And since my nose was also buried in a book, I just feel like I was like, wow, like maybe I can have this little like glow up you know, like get taken to the ball, like all the boys will love me. Didn't happen that way, but still, I really resonated with just her like boy journey. Like boys were not first in her life. They came second. First were books. Yeah. And her friendship with Ron and Harry, though, like I also like, I was like, how does she do it? She Like I had no guy best friends growing up. I didn't even know how to speak to a guy until like college. (laughs) But honestly, one of the other things that I also really, really, really related to with Hermione was that she was a Gryffindor and she was brave and courageous and like she would not let bad things happen to people like she was always the type of person to like step up and like go do something and like she was the one that like saved Harry and Ron's asses like every single time they got into Mm -hmm. trouble cleaning up the mess cleaning up the mess and like she always managed to do things just in like a much it it was bravery but like with refinement like the way that Mm -hmm. she could handle their problems whereas like Harry would just like go self-sacrifice and like that was like his hero complex and like whatever but Hermione's journey was just so much more relatable like definitely 100% Mm -hmm. she was that girl I knew it at the age of 10. (laughs) She's still I think to this day one of my favorite like female characters just because she saved the world but it wasn't in this like way where she had all these powers and like she was like strong and you know like she wasn't like using magic it was like her intellect like it was actually real like yeah she's a witch like obviously we're not witches we don't have magic but 
she was smart and like that was like her secret weapon yeah that was her gift that was her strength right Mm -hmm. yeah yeah such a smarty our queen yeah queen hermione but moving on one story arc i cannot relate to but desperately want to because i would love to have an enemies to lovers trope is elizabeth bennett from pride and prejudice i am still waiting for my mr darcy but I do have a Mrs. Darcy in my life because my childhood dog's name is Darcy. But she, uh, <laughs> alas, she is a dog and she is a girl. But I still love her. Hey, you're one step ahead of me. Yeah. I have one Darcy in my life. I could have two. But honestly, the enemies to lovers, obviously Lizzie and Darcy are the fucking blueprint for an enemies to lovers. The fact mm-hmm. that Miss Jane Austen said, yeah, it's freaking 1836 or whatever, but <laughs> you're going to have an enemies to lovers. Like, Yes. She yeah, understood. Hiding. That is, I mean, that is the female gaze if I've ever the seen. The best scene, at least from the movie, because me and I, like, our comfort movie is Pride and Prejudice with Kira Knightley. Like, OG comfort movie, like, best scene is where he helps Lizzie get into the carriage, Mr. Darcy, and their hands touch, and as he walks away, his hand, like, twitches because, like, with the feeling of her skin, like... Yeah. he flexes his fingers because mm-hmm. he's like, oh my god, I just held her hand for the first time. The electricity. Hand placement! Yeah. <laughs> um, but, Anyways, yeah. But, all that being said, she's super independent, and, like, anytime she interacts with Mr. Darcy, especially when they first meet, he basically, like, insults her. And she's like, no, no, no. Like, you can't just insult me and get away with it. Like, I'm going to, like, say something. And she, like, whipped out her little wit and her sass. And that's probably why he was attracted to her. Because, you know, homeboy Mr. Darcy was attracted to independent woman. But she just knew that, like, most men couldn't handle her wit. But she didn't care. Because she knew that she didn't want to just be a wife and a lady. Like, she wanted to be herself. Like, she wanted to be a person first. And she was, like, so... Like, she just did not care about the rules of society. Like, even, like, she she would go on these long hot girl walks through the mm-hmm. fields and come back all muddy. With her hair down. And, yeah, proper <laughs> society was, like, great heavens, like, yeah. Lizzie. Um, but I think one of the, like, one of the funniest things about Lizzie and Darcy also is that literally, like, the name of the book, Pride and Prejudice, like, they had to each get over their pride mm-hmm. and their prejudices of the other to then, like, fall in love. And so... Elizabeth was a proud and vain person because she thought no man was worthy of her and it was vice versa for Mr. Darcy. Like, he was like, there's never going to be a woman so accomplished, like, da-da-da-da-da. And she's like, oh, well, I've never met such a woman. And then he's like, oh, you're right, but you're real. And, like, I'm falling in love with you because you're so amazing. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's also the blueprint for, like, being yourself and, like, having a guy fall in love with you and not having to be this, like, proper princess, mm -hmm. which was super relatable. We have to remember, too, like, she went on a journey. She ended up letting Mr. Darcy love her. Like, she let a man love her. Like, she obviously was a super feminist. She called out toxic, toxic masculinity and the patriarchy. But in the end, like, she does grow... Like Mia said, she got over her her pride, she got over her prejudice, and she lets herself love. So I think that's why it's, like, a super relatable story, because a lot of us, especially as young women, are super guarded just because men, and we've had interesting experiences. I'm sure everyone from childhood has had one experience with a man or a girl, whoever you're, like, into. You've had an experience, and it's positive and negative. So everyone's super guarded, but she was able to get over that and, like, let herself open up to someone. I think that was super, 
you know, relatable to me because I was super guarded. And it happened like slowly and naturally. Like Mm -hmm. they had arguments and disagreements and miscommunications and he wrote her letters to apologize for things and to explain like his thoughts on things. Like it wasn't just this like happy, romantic, everything was, you know, sunshine and rainbows and butterflies. Like they had to work to make their relationship and to both open up to each other and to be vulnerable. And so, yeah, it makes that romance feel just like all the more real. Exactly. But I don't know, Carly. I think there's just one more thing I have to say. What is it? I'm 27 years old. <laughs> I have no money and no prospects. I'm already a burden to my parents. And, and I'm frightened. I'm frightened. <laughs> and if you didn't know, that is what Charlotte Lucas says to her best friend, Elizabeth Bennett, when she decides to get married to Mr. Collins. <laughs> yeah. The ick, but... I would say that's probably the most relatable quote of the entire book. Um, Like, love Mr. Darcy, love Elizabeth Bennet. But, I mean, I'm not 27 yet, so I can't say that for sure. But, like, I'm 20. The feeling is there. Yeah, the feeling is there. there. I'm 23, almost 24. The feeling is there. Everything else, check mark, check mark, check mark, check mark. It's the no prospects for me. I yeah. think that might be like the most. and the no money and the no money. Actually, the whole thing and the burden and the, the, the burden and, and the frightened. frightened. So everything, like I said, okay, so everything, everything. But next, we're talking about Joe March from Little Women. So this is another example of you know our classic feminist wants to be successful and not tied down to a man like joe's whole thing is that she does not want to be defined by having a husband and a man in her life and that she is content to be by herself but she also acknowledges that that's a really lonely path mm-hmm. and it's well, just, she's, she's such, such a relatable character especially for like a period piece like this is also like an old book like pride and prejudice like she was a woman with a career path like she wanted to be a writer which is, you know, relatable as well, because even though, obviously, especially when I was younger, I still don't know what I want to do. So, but she, like, had this path for herself, and I think that was, like, not easy to relate to, but I definitely always saw myself, like, doing more. Like, I never saw myself just being, like, a wife and a mother. I knew I wanted to do something. So, just, like, being, like, a writer, like, doing anything, like, being in corporate America, like, opening up a business, like, whatever it is, she, like, that is something I want in my life, and that's kind of, like, what she did, and she set out to get it, and, like, it was hard, and she had to jump a lot of hoops and challenges, but I think that was super relatable as well. Yeah, and I think she was so, so real for also being, like, I, you know, don't want to settle down with a man. But at the same time, she was so happy for her sisters who did want to settle down. Um, Mm -hmm. And she understood, you know, why marriage was important for their family. But she was going to do everything in her power to stay true to herself and find a way to provide for her family, which was writing. Um, And so that was that was just so real. But yeah, because she she didn't blame them for like wanting to be wives and mothers. Mm -hmm. But she wanted to figure out who she was before she settled down. Like, again, like, she wasn't like, I will never settle down. I will be a spinster. But she wanted to know who she was. And I relate to that, too. Like, I feel like especially in my first relationship, I didn't know who I was. And we were figuring out that out together. But it's almost a lot easier to kind of figure it out on your own and just, like, really self-reflect and have that time to know. And I don't know if I will know who I am in the next few years, but I'm on that journey to figuring it out. 
And, and doing all of that, like, self-reflection on your own, I think it's, it's just, it's like you said, it's just different. It's like, mm-hmm. you can figure out, you know, all, everything that we're talking about right now is like figuring out your own story. It's a lot easier to figure out your own story when you're the only one in it. You yeah, know? you're the main like, character. You, you, at the end of the, at the end of the day, at the end of our lives, you, you're, you're it for you. Like, mm-hmm. everything else will come and go exactly. at some point, so. Exactly. And, you know, on, like, the marriage and man prospect, like, in my young 20s, it's so weird to me to see people, like, already settling down. And to each their own. Like, obviously do what you want, but in my own perspective, and I think a lot of other women can relate to this, like, I just feel so young and I want to like live my own independent like feral girl life like also feral girl but like you know I'm also like Pilates girl like long walks girl just like do my own thing and not settle down and not commit myself to anyone because I'm just so young and I want to mad like I almost want to be like I can have a man when I'm ready to step into the next part of my life and I'm not at that point yet. I think that was Joe too. She was like, it's not that time yet. Like the time will come, but it's not now. And it's, it's good to know that. Cause a lot of people don't like, aren't able to make those decisions for themselves where they're like, I want it, but not right now. Like timing yeah. is everything. Period. Period. So our next protagonist, um, we're throwing it back to the middle school days with Katniss Everdeen from the Hunger Games. So I think for me, this was an, I mean, when I tell you that I was, like, a Hunger Games super fan, I had a dedicated Instagram fan page. I was staying up until 2 a.m. making edits. I'm writing fan fiction. I hear about Mia's, like, fan page, fan fiction, fun facts, and, like, I always learn something new while we're recording this podcast. So love that for you. You got to show that to me one day. (laughs) I think I actually deleted the account because I was afraid that, like, somehow it would be, like, finding, make me feel findable on the internet like I like used like a pseudonym and everything but I was like this has to go <laughs> I think I was like 18 and I was like this has to go the way that like my tumblr account from 2014 is probably still out there somewhere but anyways <laughs> <laughs> well, well you, we should go dig up our old accounts and yeah. have a show and tell for each other exactly but for Katniss I related to her so much in just like this general very closed off kind of person who also loves and protects her people so fiercely like she has a really really small circle but like she literally would go to the death for her sister like she volunteered to take prim's place in the hunger games and she was so determined to be there for her family that she made it out um and i think just like her as a character like i just i loved being so inspired by as fucked up as, like, the plot of these books were. <laughs> as, like, a 12-year-old, I was looking up to her, and I was just like, wow, like, she was just so brave. Like, maybe bravery is just a thing for me. I just think I'm not a very brave person. Yeah, so when other people are brave, it's like, it's like, you want to be that, so it's, like, inspiring yeah. to read, and, like, you almost feel like you are brave when you're living vicariously through exactly. that. I, in a hot take, like, I don't really connect to Katniss and her journey that much, but... If I had to think about it too, like she's similar to so many of our other female protagonists where she was super guarded. Like, like you said, she was so loyal, which I do relate to that. Like, I'm also a very loyal person to my family, to my friends. And she's like the definition of a loyal girl. But 
as if you read all the books, like she eventually grows, she marries Peta, she becomes a mother. And for so long, I don't think she like saw that for herself because she just thought her entire life would be like war and starving and like she couldn't imagine like a better world. So that's also an example of like she had no idea where her life was going. Like she didn't really know where her like light at the end of the tunnel was like. Like she probably thought in the end she'd be dead. So I think that is where her journey is relatable to probably a lot of people, but I just don't really relate to the fighting and volunteering for the sister because who knows if I would do that. I'm a little, <laughs> I'm a little too scared. Also, I'm the yeah. younger sister, so I'd be like, Bryn, you can go. Well, there we go. There we go. Maybe it's we have the older sister, younger sister dynamic. To be fair, I'm a middle child, but true. I was gonna say I'm a primrose, I guess. You're a primrose. Well, then I'm, I'm dead. Katniss. Yeah, but. I also just thought it was so impactful for me at that age because, you know, you're just so open to things and, like, you have such a romantic view of the world just, like, in general. Like, I would go off to my soccer games and literally be like, I'm the girl on fire. Like, braid my hair into a side braid. She was also, like, what, 18, 19? She fought for a better world. Like, that's what she was fighting for. So I guess that's inspiring. And I guess that's, like, I feel like that's what you want to do. Like, you are very passionate about, like, nonprofits and like mm-hmm. good causes and that's like fighting for a better world so yeah I see you relating to Katniss I, I also do. yeah I'm also definitely that person that like consistently complains about like the constructs of society <laughs> and so like Katniss <gasps> literally upheaved their entire society but also did it in a way that she undermined not only the capital but also the rebellion cause like she just blazed her own path and, let's like, make did this it. a hunger games episode let's dive deep oh let's no okay it, it's coming guys it's coming carly <laughs> um, might not relate to katniss but we have plenty of other things to talk about yeah i mean i love the books love the movies but i just don't know if i was like wow i'm really seeing myself here <laughs> like <laughs> other than the braid like you said i also used to braid my hair all the time like really ugly side braids that i never want to see pictures of again yep pretty much but lastly we just want to say bella from twilight was so real for losing her entire personality in New Moon when Edward ghosted her and she spiraled into a depressive episode and did not move from her bedroom bedroom window for months. So we're just concluding with that. Relatable as fuck. She was so fucking real for that. Love that journey for her. And she ended up having a little vampire baby with her little vampire husband and then her best friend imprinted on the baby. So if you can relate to that, let us know. Because I'm curious if anyone has had that journey. If anyone has ever experienced yeah. that in real Let life. me know if you had a kid and your best friend ended up dating that kid. Like, I hope not. But let us know. I love tea. Now for our favorite section, our rant. And me and I, we had very similar college experiences. Like, we both went to the same college, and we were both very confused in college about what we wanted to do. And especially post-grad, because neither one of us graduated with a job. Like, I had an internship. I think you were job searching. Like, I did not know where my life was going. And we both ended up right now in our current jobs. Like, shit worked out. But it was scary, and life is still scary, because change is super hard. Yeah, and something that I've realized in this kind of year, year and a half post-grad is that the only constant in life is change, and you just have to learn to lean into it. So yeah, like Carly said, 
um, around this time last year when I was graduating, I didn't have my job offer locked down and looking around at other people who did and knew exactly what their next step was going to look like. I just felt like I was taking this massive leap of faith and I just thought, you know, what's meant for me will find me and like, I'm going to end up, it's going to be okay. You just have to embrace the change. Literally two weeks later, I got this interview and now I'm in my dream job and Carly and I are coworkers. Yeah. And we met and have this podcast. Yes. Our dreams do come true. Dreams do come true, but also like dreams come true, but then life is still hard and it's still changing. Your wants still change. Like I... In college, didn't know what I wanted to do. Postgrad, didn't know what I wanted to do. Got a job, still didn't know what I wanted to do. And I still don't know what I want to do. So, like, it's okay to be in the now and be, like, happy with where your life is, but not know where your life is going. And but and also, you can be unhappy and not know and, like, expect that you will be happy. Like, even, for example, I am moving to New York. I've been living in Austin for six years. I'm from New York, and I'm moving back. But it's scary. Like, I've been here for so long. I feel so comfortable. And I'm like, oh, should I stay in Austin? But then who knows? I could decide to stay and then a month in be like, actually, I hate Austin. I want to leave. So it's just like change is hard, but it's also challenging in a good way. Like, it's good for your life to change. And I think change is also the best when you make those changes for yourself Mm -hmm. rather than letting life just like do its thing. Because sometimes you kind of have to take the reins or life can kind of just get away from you. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's important to know and that it's okay to want to change your situation. Like I could wake up tomorrow and say, you know what, like I'm gonna be dedicated to... I don't know, whatever. I'm trying to think of, like, the most unhinged hobby I could... Crocheting. I do crochet. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Not me thinking that's the most unhinged hobby, and she's like, I I do that. I was going to be like, I'm going to take, like, an underwater basket weaving class tomorrow, Carly, and I want to be a professional underwater basket weaver. And if I wanted to do that and set my mind to it, I could, because that change is a lot easier to handle, like Carly said, when you're making that change. But when you were just getting pounded and pounded and pounded by fucking life like just like fucking you up the ass literally getting fucked up the ass like actually the way that life fucked you sideways like if you think you've had the best sex of your life the best sex of your life is when life is fucking you like when you're upside down twirling around like everything is like hanging out you have no (laughs) no idea what's going on you're trying to grab hold of something for dear life (laughs) you're sweating you're breathing heavily like you don't know what's happening you're having a panic attack okay that is when you're getting fucked the hardest (laughs) speaking of fucking dating (laughs) what is the rush what do you gain from the rat race this is our opinions, like, everyone is entitled to their own, but why are, like, why are you racing to get married? Like, I don't get it. Even for, like, people are like, oh, they're 25, but they've been dating for eight years, so that's why they're getting married. Like, they can't date for 10 years? They can't date for 12? Like, what? Yeah. What is that reasoning? I think I have always been the kind of person that I cannot imagine getting married young, like, actually, like, cannot imagine it. Like, my entire life, my mom had this very weird premonition where she would talk about us, like, our, her kids growing up, and she would say, yeah, Mia's going to get married later in life. And when I was, like, young, young, I would always get kind of offended because I'd be like, 
mom like what do you mean like no one's gonna <laughs> love, love me like oh my god mm-hmm. and now I'm like holy fucking shit she like right. mother knows best she was right dude I hate when you realize your parents were right like <laughs> yeah we can unpack that later yeah. but and it is really so true because now I'm here and I think one of the like turning points that I've had in the last like year two three years watching my friends be in like really serious relationships and just people around me in general like the fact that people from my high school are getting engaged and married right now is just mind-blowing to me so happy for them that's that's your life that's your prerogative but I cannot imagine it for myself in the slightest and even like the line of questioning like I, I get it now, guys. Like, I get it. You sit down at holiday dinner and yeah. all of a sudden your great uncle three times removed is saying, so when are you going to pop out some babies? Yeah. And I'm like, Jesus You're the Christ. burden to your parents. Yeah, this, <laughs> I, I am the burden to my parents. I almost feel like it's like, modeled after your own parents which is why it's shocking because I know your parents were like high school Mm -hmm. sweethearts got married super late my parents didn't get married or have me into their mid-30s so I feel like that's almost why I don't imagine my 20s like settling down but I don't know like I don't really know if it's like your role models or if it's just like situational but I'm so sick of people like our age anyone in their 20s even if you're like late 20s early 20s thinking that we're like old like I want to I know we're going to look back at our 20s and think, oh, like, these are the good old days, but shouldn't we keep it the good old days and not pretend like we're so old when we're not? Like, me being 23, 24, and people my age are like, oh, you know, just like, I don't really go out anymore. Like, I'm too old for that, whatever. And it's like, what are we too old for? Like, that's like people older than us are like they are so young like at work we're the youngest people around and we think we're so old meanwhile our coworkers are like these babies don't know shit like yeah we walk to pick up our sweet green salad every day and they're like oh that's cute yeah <laughs> they're no, they're like they go into the office because yeah. they still have like life and like in them like they're like these are the girlies that want to do happy hours and mingle like i just want to get the fuck home and see my kids like it's very different And I think, like, obviously people age differently and, like, you could have gone through a lot of life experiences maybe, like, in your teens. That's why you're super settled down in your 20s. But, like, I'm just not rushing to do anything. And I think, like, it's the rat race. Like, go at your own pace. Do what you want. If you want to get married young, like, by all means do it. But don't feel like you have to. Especially, like, if all your friends are getting married but you're, like, not into that do what you want to do you'll be happier everything will work out and I hate that saying like I'm such a control freak that when people are like it will work out things will fall into place like that makes me so angry I hate hearing that but I know it's true yeah and I think I mean again that's like everything is your own prerogative like listen to your gut listen to your intuition but like I am here because I want to experience life like I I also hate when people are like oh yeah like I'm over that or like oh we're too old for that I'm like I don't give a fuck like I'm not too old for that like let's go blow bubbles in the park and do handstands like I you know like life is just life like I feel like why do we lose so much excitement over things like even freaking drinking like I'm like okay you can think like oh we're too old for drinking now and we get massive hangovers like let's go do fun shit sober like Mm -hmm. there's just so much life left to live beyond dating and finding someone and settling down Mm -hmm. even like career yeah I mean I think the one of the biggest like areas for me that has just been like confusing as fuck 
is work in a career. Like adjusting to a full-time job nine to five is soul sucking and no one warns you. Like I was pissed when I first started working and I have an older sister. She's two years older than me. She'd already been in the work world for two years. And I was like, Brent, you didn't tell me that it's this hard. Like you could have warned me. I just feel like no one warns you and they don't warn you how confusing it is and how your first job, like you're the lowest on the totem pole. Like you don't know what you're doing. Everyone's treating you like you don't know anything. Like it's like everyone's at different points in their lives. It's just so hard and no one warns you. And I think the thing is that when people try and warn you because everyone's situation and navigating this is so unique, like you kind of just have to go through it that like... You know, I got told over and over again, oh, the real world is coming, like, just you wait, like, once you're out of college, like, it's the real world, you're an adult, you're on your own, but even, like, those just general statements, like, they do nothing to actually prepare you for, like, if somebody had told me, like, what's the real world? Yeah. Like, what's the definition there? Exactly. Like, here, I mean, no one ever sat me down and said, here's how to make a budget, and here's how to pay your bills, and here's how to you know, set things like that up. Like I had to go learn and figure that out. And then like, I got to go to the, luckily I have like a really strong support system. And I went to the people around me and I was like, Hey, this is my salary. Like, how am I supposed to manage this? And like, Mm -hmm. that is money is freaking confusing. Finances are confusing. Yeah. Having a job, navigating a corporate ladder. If you're in the corporate world in corporate America, you know how difficult that is. Yeah. And then just the general, the time, the nine to five. The nine to five. Like, I'm just a girly where, like, I like waking up, having my breakfast, going on a long walk, working out, like, watching TV, seeing friends. Very simple life. And, like, I loved that in college. Like, yes, I had class. But, like, especially when it got to the end, like, I was just doing my thing. I barely had a class. It was COVID. Like, everything was remote. And I went from that to work. And it was just so goddamn hard and, like, isolating because I feel like now people talk about it, but especially when I first started work, I feel like everyone was trying to be like, yeah, I love work. Like, life's great. Haha. And it's like, I was like, whoa, like, am I the only one that feels this way? So people be like, oh, do you like your job? And I'd be like, yeah, yeah, it's great. But did I actually feel that way? Like, maybe some days it was fine. But most of the time I was, like, scared, shitting my pants, miserable, tired. Like, it's just corporate America is really tough. It's not for the weak-minded. But... Like, I just couldn't really relate to anyone. I think that was really hard. Also, like, what books are we reading where people are in, like, a corporate America 9 to 5? Like, no, like, every TV show you watch, like, they're in high school, they have a job, they're always just, like, grabbing coffee, grabbing dinner, grabbing drinks, like, have all the free time in the world. Meanwhile, I'm like, I barely don't have enough time to, like, do my laundry after I work because by that point it's 10 p.m. And I'm like, shit, let me go to bed. Like, yeah. Yeah. And I think the other thing with that too is that getting into this stage of life, it is kind of the first like, oh shit moment of remembering that like, yeah, you're in charge of your own story. Like our entire childhoods growing up, we are told, okay, yeah, you're going to finish elementary school and then you're going to go to middle school and in high school, you're going to study really hard and you're going to take the SAT and you're going to go to college. And when you graduate college, you're going to get a job. So we're at- Seems so simple. Seems so simple. And then- you go through it and then all of a sudden here we are at the end of that pipeline of you have a job and it's cool do this for 40 more years and then you get to retire and I was like that's it's that's like sh- this this yeah it's like shell shocking honestly like I think too like we're like you said we're handholded our entire lives like especially when you're younger like 
your decisions aren't really your own. Like even my college decision, it's like your parents are weighing in so heavily to that, like pros and cons of where you want to go. Like it's like a family decision. It's not just a you decision, at least for me. And then you go to college, you're a little more independent, but still it's like social life. Like basically my whole social life was like predetermined. Like I never really had to go try that hard to like make friends or do anything. It just like fell into line because I was in a sorority and like everything just worked out. Then I graduated and it's like everyone's at a different place. Like you have people that are in grad school. You have people that are like just not working at all. You have people that are in corporate America making like 200K or 30K. So it's just so different. Like no one's in the same place. Like some people get promoted within six months. Some people get promoted within two years. Like no one is the same and comparison is really the thief of joy. And I think that's been my biggest struggle with my development is feeling like I'm not developing fast enough or like doing it the right way and knowing that it is what it is and like it's going to continue being what it is and it'll work out. But that's been really hard for me because just not knowing where my life is headed, it's scary. Yeah. And I think on kind of like this, the other side of that same coin for me is that the scary thing is that I feel like I was so out of touch with myself for the last few years that I couldn't even verbalize what I wanted. Like Mm -hmm. I had this like loose notion of, oh, well, you know, I got this degree, so I'll work in this industry and, you know, things will work out. And, you know, I'm here now and I love that, but I'm getting into deeper conversations about your long-term career and what's your five-year plan and your 10-year plan and like blah, 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 blah. And I am like, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what I want to do. And I'm finally, the point of this and like our talk is that I'm okay with not knowing and I know that I'm taking the steps to do things to figure that out for myself. But it's hard not knowing and it's hard not having an answer for yourself because you don't know. You know, it's just everything changes so drastically. And I definitely feel like this might be cheesy, but I definitely at times feel like I'm like on a ship with no destination. But like the title of this episode, it's for the plot. Everything is just purely for the plot. It's also a way to make yourself feel better about yourself. You're like, oh my God, I went on a date last night and I got too drunk and I threw up in the Uber on his lap for the plot. For the plot. (laughs) Everything these days is for the plot. Mm -hmm. But I, you know, just to like wrap this all up, Carly, I think that what we're trying to say here is that figuring out who you are is your story. The point of life is not to come on this earth to find the love of your life, your life partner, build a career. Like, no, like you like are here on this planet to experience life. And all of those things are part of life, but those things are not going to be like the culmination of your life. Like, all of those different parts of our lives are what makes life so special. So when you get too focused on one or you get caught up in the rat race, like you're not going to find joy and fulfillment. Um, Mm -hmm. I know. It's like, I think remembering that you're the main character and like figuring out what you enjoy and don't enjoy is extremely important. I'm still in the process of doing that. I know Mia is too. I think most people are, but it's okay. And like, I'm really excited to figure out what I like and what I don't like and kind of where my life is going. Like, I wish I had a time turner to know what was happening, but also isn't it kind of exciting to not know? Yeah, I mean, I think that that's the beautiful part is that, you know, it's it's literally like we're writing our own story and 
my next chapter could be something Mm -hmm. completely different or maybe two or three chapters from now I'm dealing with something really hard and I know that in 10 chapters from now I'll be coming out the other side of it. There's different drafts. You have draft number one, number two, number three. Like it just keeps going and ultimately this is why like I love books because books like they end there's a finish but still like even in a book you don't know what happens past like sometimes there's an epilogue but like you don't know what happens past the epilogue you have to create that in your mind there's so many different this is why fan fiction fiction exists like people are like this is what happens after this is what happened during like there just be so many different versions like and I think that's very beautiful I think so too so I think The last thing I want to say is that every single day I am choosing to build a life worth living and that's where I am now and I'm just kind of adapting that to be in the here and now of I'm writing my own story and so just remember like when you're in that messy middle, when you're going through the lows that you will come out the other side of it and that's as if you are the author of your own life, you know that this is all going to be for the plot and for your own character development and you will make it to that light at the end of the tunnel and have your happy ending, whatever it may be. Hey besties, if you thought we got close and personal on this episode, just wait for our next. Mia and I will be asking each other questions and revealing details about our lives. Get ready. And rest assured, we also have a mini rant prepared and also we'll be drama dumping on each other as per usual. And we're always looking for book recs. So if you have a suggestion, shoot us a DM on TikTok at reading and ranting pod or email readingandrantingpod at gmail.com. Happy reading. Until next time, besties.